Time after time after time and year after year after year, Christian, you have been deceived in thinking that sin is actually something that it is not. Our society and our culture has made sin look beautiful, like it is a beautiful portrait upon the world, that it is something to be desired and to be wanted and to be coveted, that sin is is prosperity and enjoyment and fulfillment. But Christian sin and Satan has lied to you. Satan knows that if he would present sin in its own nature and dress, that the soul would rather fly from it than yield to it. And therefore, he presents sin unto us, not in its own proper colors, but he painted it and gilded over with the name and show of virtue, that we may the more easily become over by it and take more pleasure in committing it. Christian, device number two that we're going to look at tonight from the book, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices by Thomas Brooks is this, by painting sin with virtue's colors. You are listening to the Bearing Precious Seed podcast. The quote of tonight's episode comes from Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher in the 1800s. Here is the quote from him. Be much in prayer. Live much upon the word of God. Kill the lusts which have driven your Lord from you. Be careful to watch over the future uprisings of sin. Christian, may those be the desires of our heart tonight. Welcome back to the BPS Podcast. Tonight, I'm so excited to share with you exactly what we're going to be discussing when it comes to device number two in the book, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices by Thomas Brooks. Again, written over 400 years ago, translated into modern English. Phenomenal book. I challenge you to get this book and read it and meditate upon it. Device number one was to present the bait and to hide the hook. That's what Satan wants to do to you, Christian. But device number two is even more interesting than the first. Satan's device against you is he will paint sin with virtue's colors. When it comes to pride, he'll actually present it to the soul under the name and notion that it's actually neatness and cleanliness. So instead of pride, he'll make it look like neatness and cleanliness. And when it comes to covetousness, he'll make it to be good business instead of covetousness. He will paint it a different color. And when it comes to drunkenness, he'll actually paint that to be good fellowship. So instead of drunkenness as a sin, he'll he'll make it look like it's something fun or, or good fellowship. When it comes to riotousness, he'll put it under the name and notion of liberality. Oh, haven't we seen that in our day and age? Instead of actually riotness in the Bible, in Galatians chapter 5 would show you that, he puts it under the name of liberty, of protest, of freedom. That's what Satan will put it under. Do you see how he's painting sin with virtue's colors? He's making something evil look good. And when it comes to wantonness, he's saying that's a trick of youth. It's just you being young. That's all that it is. Listen, to get past this, you've got to understand that sin is being painted a different color in your life. 
That's why when you watch TV and you see a homosexual couple kissing, it doesn't bother you anymore. That's when you see evil being talked about at your job, it doesn't grieve your heart anymore. That's why when you hear a curse word, it doesn't bother your spirit. That's why all these things that are going on in politics, in our society, and in our streets, and our government, if that doesn't bother you, then sin has been painted in virtue's colors in your life. Instead of pornography, Satan will make it look like, oh, you're just fulfilling your needs and you're making yourself happy. And adultery, Satan will just tell you that it's something nice and you're just expressing your sexuality. And all of this is just sin that Satan is just painting in a totally different color and he's tricking you and he's basically leading you down a wrong path. But if you're going to have victory over this, Because if you don't understand that Satan's actually painting sin in different colors, you're never going to truly have victory over sin. Here's remedy number one that Thomas Brooks gives us. Consider that sin is never a whit the less filthy, vile, and abominable by its being colored and painted with virtue's colors. Let me put that in English for you. Sin is just as filthy, vile, wicked, and evil, no matter how much it's been painted and colored and made beautiful. No matter how wonderful it seems, sin is still sin. A poisonous pill is never a whit the less poisonous because it's gilded over with gold or painted over with gold. Nor a wolf is never a whit the less a wolf because he has put on sheepskin. Nor the devil is never a whit the less a devil because he appears sometimes like an angel of light. Did you get that, Christian? Wow. He's saying in this book, a poisonous pill is not any less poisonous because it's made look to look beautiful. And a wolf is still a wolf even though it puts on sheep's clothing. And the devil is still a devil, even when he appears like an angel of light. So neither is sin any less filthy and abominable by its being painted over with virtue's colors. You've got to understand the world will make it look beautiful. And to you it may seem wonderful and dandy and oh, it's just incredible. But sin is still as ugly and vile and corrupt as it ever has been. Homosexual couples are just people who want love and tolerance and acceptance and enjoyment. There's nothing wrong with that Christian. That's what they'll tell you. But no matter how happy and how dandy those people look, they're truly not happy and there is no fulfillment in that relationship and it is completely anti-God at its core. Don't let that person tell you who's living in in drunkenness that their life is just dandy and it's beautiful and they're drinking on beaches like Budweiser likes to show. No, when they go home, they are depressed and broken and destroyed. Understand that Satan will change sin to look like something it's not. That's why Christians aren't shaken by sin anymore. They aren't driven back. They aren't put off. They still treat sin as it as, as if it's their best friend and they can trust it with all their heart. Remedy number two is this, that the more sin is painted forth under the color of virtue, the more dangerous it is to the souls of men. We see this today by those very many souls that are turned out of the way that is holy and in which their souls have had sweet and glorious communion with God. So they were in sweet communion with God. 
Now they're turned into the ways of highest emptiness and folly by Satan's neat coloring over of sin and painting forth vice under the name and color of virtue. The most dangerous vermin is too often to be found under the fairest and sweetest flowers. The fairest glove is often drawn upon the foulest hand, and the richest robes are often put upon the filthiest of bodies. So are the fairest and sweetest names upon the greatest and the most horrible vices and errors that will be in the world. Ah, that we would have not too many sad proofs of this among us. Christian, you are seeing this unfold before your eyes every day, and people are viewing, and Christians are making sin look like it is something wonderful and beautiful. But you must realize if you're going to understand that Satan is painting sin in virtue's colors, You must understand the prettier it seems, though God be against it, the more dangerous it is. That's why sexual sin is so rampant in our society because our culture makes it look beautiful and fun and exciting, but it's so dangerous. Remedy number three tonight is to look on sin with that eye with which within a short time we shall see it. When you shall lie upon a dying bed and stand before a judgment seat, sin shall be unmasked, and its dress and robes shall then be taken off, and then it shall appear more vile, filthy, and terrible than hell itself. Then that which formerly appeared sweet will appear bitter, and that which appeared beautiful will appear ugly. And that which appeared most delightful will then appear most dreadful to the soul. The shame, the pain, the gall, the bitterness, the horror, the hell that the sight of sin, when its dress is taken off, will raise in poor souls at the judgment seat of Christ. Sin will surely prove evil and bitter to the soul when its robes are taken off. A man may have the stone who feels no fit of it. The devil deals with men as the panther does with beasts. He hides his deformed head until his sweet scent has drawn them into his danger. Until we have sinned, Satan is a parasite. When we have sinned, he is a tyrant. Oh my goodness gracious, the truth that is brought out in these pages of this book. The day is at hand when the devil will pull off the paint and garnish that he has put upon sin. And he will present that monster, which is sin, in a monstrous shape to your soul that will cause your thoughts to be troubled, your countenance to be changed, the joints of your loins to be loosed and your knees to be dashed one against the other and your hearts to be so terrified that you will be ready with Judas to strangle and hang your bodies upon earth and your souls in hell, if the Lord has not more mercy on you than he had had on them. Therefore, look upon sin now as you must look upon it to all eternity. And as God, conscious, and Satan will present it to you another day. Wow. Christian, if we're going to understand how Satan's tricking us, we have to look at sin the exact same way that God sees it. This is gripping my heart right now, and I've already read through this many times. It's still gripping my heart. Wow. 
In a short time, we will stand before the judgment seat of God. And we will give account, Christian, for everything we've said and we've done and how we've acted upon this earth and what we've done with Christ. And the dress will be taken off on all the sins that we thought were beautiful and dandy and enjoyable. And the shame, I can't imagine the shame and the guilt will fill in our hearts when we look and stand before Christ with all that we've done and what we've wasted. Oh goodness, let us not be deceived by Satan any longer. Remedy number four against this is to consider that even those very sins that Satan paints and puts new names and colors upon cost the best blood, the noblest blood, the life blood, the heart blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, let me read that one more time for you. Those very sins that Satan paints and puts new names and colors upon, those sins cost the best blood, the noblest blood, the life blood, the heart blood of the Lord Jesus. Would we have it that Christ should come from the eternal bosom of His Father to a region of sorrow and death? That God should be manifested in the flesh? The Creator made a creature? That He who was clothed with glory should be wrapped with rags of flesh? He who filled heaven and earth with His glory should be cradled in a manger? That the Almighty God should flee from weak men, the God of Israel, into Egypt? That the God of the law should be subject to the law? The God of the circumcision circumcised? The God who made the heavens working at Joseph's homely trade? That He who binds the devils in chains should be tempted? That He who's in the world and the fullness thereof should hunger and thirst? That the God of strength should be weary, the judge of all flesh condemned, the God of life be put to death, that he who is one with his Father should cry out in misery, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That he who had the keys of hell and death at his belt should lie imprisoned at the sepulcher of another, having in his lifetime nowhere to lay his head, nor after death to lay his body, that the head before which angels do cast down their crowns should be crowned with thorns, and those eyes purer than the sun, put out by the darkness of death, those ears which hear nothing but hallelujahs of saints and angels to hear the blasphemings of the multitude, that face which was fairer than the souls of men to be spit on by those beastly wretched Jews, that mouth and that tongue which spoke as never man spoke, accused for blasphemy, those hands which freely swayed the scepter of heaven, nailed to the cross, those feet, like unto fine brass, nailed to the cross for man's sins, each sense pained with a spear and nails, his smell with stinking odor, being crucified on Golgotha, the place of skulls, his taste with vinegar and gall, his hearing with reproaches, his sight of his mother and disciples bemoaning him, his soul comfortless and forsaken, and all of this for those very sins that Satan paints and puts fine colors upon. 
How should the consideration of this stir up the soul against sin and work the soul to fly from it and to use holy means whereby sin may be subdued and destroyed? Wow. Unbelievable. Christ went through all of that for the one little sin that you have in your life. After Julius Caesar was murdered, Antonius brought forth his coat, all bloody and cut, and laid it before the people, saying, Look, here you have the emperor's coat, thus bloody and torn. Whereupon the people were presently in an uproar and cried out to slay those murderers. And they took their tables and stools which were in the place and set them on fire and ran to the house of those who had slain Caesar and burnt them. So that when we consider that sin has slain our Lord Jesus, ah, how should it provoke our hearts to be revenged on sin? which has murdered the Lord of glory and has done that mischief that all the devils in hell could never have done. It was really good counsel that I've received. Never let the crucified Christ out of your minds and your thoughts. Let these be food and drink unto you. Let them be your sweetness and consolation your honey and your desire, your reading and your meditation, your life, death, and resurrection. Oh, Christian, we have been so mistaken in the life that we live. Unbelievable what Christ has went through for us. Our God is so good. He gave up everything for you and me. And because of our sin, He had to die on that tree. Christian, I challenge you, don't be fooled by this device that Satan uses. For we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. That must be our key on this episode. Ephesians chapter 6 says, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Device number two, Satan paints sin with virtue's colors. You are listening to Bearing Precious Seed Podcast. All right, for all you joke lovers out there, tonight's episode has a great, great, great joke for you. I'm going to read it twice for you so you can understand it. Who was the most business-savvy woman in the Bible. Here it is again. Who was the most business-savvy woman in the Bible? Well, the answer's clear. It was Pharaoh's daughter. She went down to the bank of the Nile and pulled out a little profit. (laughs) That actually made me laugh. Who was the most business-savvy woman in the Bible? Pharaoh's daughter. She went down to the bank of the Nile and pulled out a little profit. There is your joke of tonight's episode.
In the area of world news, eight people have been killed in an Egypt helicopter crash, including six Americans right on the Sinai Peninsula. Also in world news, a Ugandan pastor was killed by Muslim extremists after he was on a radio broadcast comparing Christianity to Islam. If you don't know this, there are people who will kill you for your faith, Christian. Radical Muslims in Pakistan pledge $124,000 worth of a bounty to kill a Pakistani Christian over alleged blasphemy against their God. So radical Muslims put out $124,000 worth of bounty to kill a Christian over blaspheming their God. Unbelievable. Samaritan's Purse sends a plane full of relief supplies to help Armenian refugees. That's pretty nice. And then pro-life activists are suing the United Kingdom government over the Down Syndrome abortion law. Again, let's pray for our nation and this world. As if you didn't know and you're not realizing, people are growing more and more intolerant of Christ and this blessed book that we hold so dear. Pray for our persecuted brethren around the world and pray for our nation. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Bearing Precious Seed podcast. I would like to throw this out there. If you have any questions, any comments, or any topics that you'd like to discuss on future episodes, please go to anchor.fm slash bearingpreciousseed and go to the messaging side and send us a message and we will see if we can answer your question or address something on a future podcast. Again, thank you for joining us and Christian work for the night is coming.